access to computers and anything which might teach you something about the way the world works should be unlimited and total. Always yield to the hands-on imperative. All information should be free. Mistrust authority. Promote decentralization. Watching, um, what was it, Cypherpunk? Uh, the crypt, cryptology? Is that what it's called? Uh, cryptography. Cryptography. You're, you're, are you talking <laughs> about the, the, the four part series? Yeah. Okay, well, that's the cypher. It's called Cypherpunk's Right Code. So, cy- yeah. this, this, this gets confusing because there's cypher, like C Y P H E R. Yeah. Cypherpunks, which were a real group of kind of hacker, hackers and crypt, uh, cryptography experts. And created a multitude of tools, and then there's cyberpunk, mm-hmm. which is more of just it's an aesthetic slash kind of a cultural a mindset. narrative mindset movement. Mm-hmm. And so both, both of those, dope. they both they, are dope. Both are dope, <laughs> and they both intersect each other. But yeah, they get they get confused a lot. Anyway, so you're talking about the cypherpunks. Yeah, I was thinking because a lot of them, you know, when they're talking about code breaking or just coding in general. Uh, what if what if the new way of getting past these um I don't know the norm that's been created on the internet what if the way to break this new code is having more in person no technology present conversations <laughs> like I it, it was a weird abstract thought but I was thinking I'm like what have we gotten to the point where there's like besides things like signal and everything like that like have we gotten to the point where we can't have is basically our um advanced uh civilization that we talk about in society is it becoming so detrimental that we are losing the progress we made between personal relationships maybe not even personal relationships but like has the the thought of messaging that way clouded our vision of like I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm just word vomiting right now. But <laughs> I, what, <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is like, I think that having more in-person conversations has become less uh, desired. Yeah. And maybe that is what's going to ultimately, I don't know, bring us down as just a society in general. Because then I start thinking about how anxious people are. And when I say people, I'm including myself with just social interactions, how depressed, how like jumpy people are almost in social settings. And it seems like it's brought on, at least in my world, by a heavy use of talking to people virtually. And then at that point, you know, people... If, if all of your conversations and all of your dialogue with people is on these apps that these companies, if they ever need to, they can just figure out like what kind of conversation you've been having is the new way to hack against that. The, to, the, to go back the and stop using The most analog the primitive way to hack it is like, well, we'll just have a conversation with no digital device in the room at all whatsoever yeah okay no you're actually getting on a good idea here 
Now, if we went all the way back to just physical physical conversation, like no devices in the room, mm-hmm. like that type of deal, you're going all the way back. That's, it would be more that's expensive. That's as primitive as it goes. Well, because say, say, what if you wanted to talk to someone in Japan? Then it's like, well, then at that point, and it was very serious, and it was very like you needed yeah. to you needed to get this vital information, but you really wanted no one else to have it. So then, I mean, at that point, you would be going, you would technically, because the internet brought along the distance thing is like, you know, not a problem. Yeah. At that point, then you would be bringing back all of the down, like the the bad sides of having to get a plane ticket and actually go or meet up with this person and then... So I mean it's yeah. a give and take no matter well, what. So so you're you're kind of pointing out that when you So first of all I think of digital security slash privacy. Mm-hmm. I think of that on a spectrum of convenience versus uh basically like yeah, security. Mm-hmm. Like what's more convenient is going to be less secure. Yeah. Uh almost always. And so what you're talking about like physically flying across the world to meet with someone in person. Mm-hmm. That's the most inconvenient. Right. Maybe the most secure. But And so really what it comes to is that you have to take a step or two back as far as generations of technology whenever you are, whenever you want to get back more security or privacy or autonomy. Mm-hmm. And so what that looks like, like if you see a lot of privacy tools that people are looking or pe- people might be using, like you might see me setting up my VPN and setting up my firewall and all of that on my Linux computer, and I'm just in the command line. And it looks like I'm someone who's coding from the, like the late 90s or something. Like It looks yep. like I'm using a technology generation back, and I basically am. Mm-hmm. But I'm making a trade-off where it's the you know, the software that I'm using will be, it's all open sourced. So it's all transparent. You can view the code. Not that I particularly do that, but that just means it's out in the open. So it's, it's more trusted, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's open source. It's, you can verify it with encryption. You can verify that you're getting the correct code. Um, and you know, it's collaboratively worked on and it's made just so that you can, it's self-hosted just so that you can be the person in charge. You can take responsibility over that aspect. You know, maybe you could download some Windows VPN software and that's the most convenient thing to do. Mm-hmm. But if you self-host your own VPN, that's less convenient, but you get to keep the data. Mm-hmm. And so that it's all it's always these trade-offs. And this is where why I was kind of saying it's like, the users, us, the people, we need to take the extra step, take a little bit more responsibility, but also the companies, the 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 engineers, the creators of, of software, like they need to take a step in the direction of giving us more tools for autonomy. Mm-hmm. They're convenient. Um, do you think that they, but do you think that's actually a conscious thought that they don't want to give us more autonomy? Like, I always well, it's just I the incentives always, are, are, are such like the data is valuable. Yeah. Like the incentives are to get as much data back as you can, like in so many ways, because it's profitable, because that's how you get 
computer systems to be more accurate. Mm-hmm. That's how you get feedback from users. You know what That's what true. parts of your site are users using the most. You know, tracking every click, every hover yeah. of the mouse cursor. Like that's that's the everyone is incentivized to do that. So it takes someone, and that's why open source is important. It takes someone to just be like, I'm gonna create the best product and I'm just gonna release it for fucking free. Mm. And it takes someone to just like take that grenade and just throw it in. And it does not very often does something that's open source like that like really break through mm. into the public and really become a, a supreme product that wins people over and is ethical. That's why Signal is special. I mean, literally Linux itself, which is very old, is is a version of that. It's like an open source software uh, uh, operating system, open source yeah. operating system is, you know, so much is built on that now. And that's a trusted piece of software that everyone can verify. Like, that's a big win. There's other examples. Bitcoin is another big example. Mm-hmm. You know, to where these... Yeah, like we have control, we have autonomy, but it can kind of break over into being that user experience to where anyone can use it and you don't necessarily have to be in the command line, mm-hmm. you know, doing all that shit. Um, and so I think, you know, I, I think that the demand, this all sounds pessimistic. I'm not pessimistic, even though I spend so much of my time, too much of my time thinking about this stuff and, and focusing on it and working on it for myself. Mm-hmm. But like, I think there's a demand of people, lots of people like like you, like like you and me, that want more autonomy, want more control, and just want freedom and, and privacy on the internet and in more aspects of their digital lives. And I think that demand will spawn. I think there's going to be whole new movements of tools and all sorts of stuff that happens because the the bloated monop big tech monopolies they're so bloated right now mm-hmm. there's they have so much money and so much data it's mind boggling and the people the people will only take so much before like the it the bubble just pops and people are going to scramble and do whatever they can and you know like already if there's it all went dark well i would huge, i would huge portions are are, are going to go dark never to see the light again like that's that's what's going to happen and that's what you know stuff (laughs) like bitcoin enables well here's something to think about like with with bitcoin and bitcoin started or the idea of having uncensorable digital scarce cash Mm -hmm. that idea started on the cypherpunk newsletters in the early 90s you know all there was many crazy ideas of digital black markets and digital hitman markets mm-hmm. and there's there's all these crazy ideas and and even remailers that was something that was around in the 90s that was very a very cypherpunk tool that you could like subscribe to kind of email like newsletter communications with people and you could do it in such a way to where you had servers remailing each other mm-hmm. so that way it was like anonymized who was getting what and you know, and they they communicated all of these ideas, uh, all of these. I mean, some very shocking ideas, um, but you know, yeah, digital cash was one of them. Mm-hmm. And you know, like money, per- money precedes nations. 
money comes before the a government comes and money becomes comes before a nation comes or or a king is crowned mm. and so like if you have money that's fully free on the internet or, or not just money but just all of these tools or capabilities that are free and open and open source and individuals can access them that's basically like the dark that's mm. basically the dark web that's basically giving individuals yeah yeah capabilities um that you can't take back yeah and yeah. right now, yeah, we live in the opposite system, you know, very much. But the the incentive, all of the incentive, I think, is shifting towards these tools being built and then also users kind of just be, becoming more aware, becoming more careful. Mm-hmm. And so I feel I feel like I'm, I'm kind of repeating the same thing here. But, you know, like I... I just, I just always want... Kind of back what I was saying before with people becoming lazy, like I'd... I'm scared that people don't even want to take the incentive or like don't even have the drive to want that. Like they've become so reliant on how they, they like almost convince themselves that like, okay, this is how the world is now. And this is the only way that I'm going to survive. And it almost seems like it's like a, a hex or like a spell that's been put on people where they're just like, they believe that people didn't survive without the internet for fucking centuries before this. Like, yeah, life is so much easier right now with technology, but also if we were to take technology out of the, out of this century, it would still be hella fucking easy (laughs) to survive. And I feel like some people have like lost that belief. Do you think that at all? I don't know. With as much people as there are, I don't know if I don't know if it works like that. What do you mean? I don't know that it. I think that because we have the technology mm-hmm. capabilities, that's the only way that we're able to keep like a sustainable population, like the U.S. You know, mostly fed and functioning and with electricity. Not that. Well, I'm just talking more of like the general population that already uses the general popula- population that's basically the livestock for what these I'm saying like if, Well, yeah, without the without the yeah. like service just the services. Yeah, like a lot of people could survive. They could be That's what I'm saying more so. Yeah, yeah like No, no, totally, but uh, people Which in a I way agree would be with you that I don't think people are going to do that. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Which is why, like, just all that you can do is is try and put out information, inform people, build the tools, mm-hmm. and then for those that are going to take responsibility, you know, they'll they'll do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they'll take responsibility, and they'll have all the more advantage for it. Mm-hmm. See, this is this reminds me of. I think we were talking about this a little bit when we were talking about video games and video game worlds and the future of VR and all that stuff like when you when you give individuals these tools these like digital tools and these capabilities mm-hmm. you're get it's like access to leverage basically like if you give someone who's extremely clever and a brilliant writer and maybe a comedian or something like that like if you give them twitter mm-hmm. that is leverage you give that individual like a tool where they can take their skill and they can do 10x more yeah. than someone who's just like an average schmo like like mm-hmm. us with our writing or yeah. <laughs> or any of that stuff. And so 
if you build if you have a society where people who are willing to take responsibility for certain aspects of their digital lives and and use digital tools mm-hmm. to their own benefit and then those who are on the opposite end and they're just going to like uh this is too much and I'm just going to stay subservient and I'm just going to like suck on Google's teat forever mm-hmm. like that's that creates a huge divide where you've got people who are just like absolute sheep and are totally reliant um, on the system completely yeah. and then you have com- on the other end completely sovereign individuals mm-hmm. who not even nation states can censor their money or their information flows or anything like that and so it's like either way no matter what it, whether the big companies keep on going as they do or things get more equitable on the internet like no matter what happens those tools and capabilities are coming and that divide will come. Mm. And that's why it's important. It's imperative to educate people about like digital autonomy and to also build the tools so that more people can hop on that train and, and get their data back and get their privacy back so that they're less, less vulnerable mm. as time moves forward. Gotcha. Um, that's all of this, you know, this is just kind of how I think about this stuff. I mean, yeah. I'm totally yeah. open to other ideas and criticism and Mm -hmm. you know like i said i'm not an absolutist i don't think that these companies are absolute evil Mm -hmm. or necessarily but it's just like absolute power corrupts absolutely yeah and you know like free flow of information this is important for human rights this is important for freedom across the world you know i'm thinking about people who live in dictatorships Mm-hmm. who are not allowed to speak or access information freely. Yeah. Like the people who are truly most oppressed in this world, they should have as much access as us. We have, yeah. you know, we have all these tools and, and we have this, we have this advantage of access and, you know, it's just, it's, it's about making the whole digital world just have more equality of opportunity. Mm-hmm. To where any individual, whether they're in West Africa or the West Coast, can just access the internet, can access these open communication protocols and use it to their full advantage to make the best life they can or make the best yeah. decisions they can. Like that's my that's what that's my political stance, basically. Like gotcha. yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a freedom maximalist in that mm-hmm. regard. Yeah, and instead, it's just intern. the The issues are internalized here and turned into memes, <laughs> and then everyone's just <laughs> yeah. like, "Like retweet, <laughs> like this is how we're dealing with it." <laughs> like, <laughs> I know is what it seems like to me, at least. Yeah. Which I've been kind of like, I've been in the vein of trying to exit out of technology use, and I guess that's where a lot of my questions are coming from. Is my approach to it has just been like trying my hardest to not use it like I have used it in the past. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think that's a right or wrong way to approach it. That's just like where my head has been at finally is just like, I think I'm going to take an exit slowly and figure out a way somehow to either take control of everything that is on the internet that is, that has to do with me and either somehow get rid of it or just have it. And then delete everything uh, or 
get better at using it. I don't know that I'm I'm always torn in between those two things, personally. Yeah. No, no, definitely. I mean, I my my plan like we're we're starting from a losing position when mm-hmm. it comes to digital security and privacy and ownership, and so yeah, it's a it's a it's a slow. What the pro, what a successful way out looks like is just a slow process, a consistent accumulation of responsibility. You know, just taking each piece of your digital life and just reclaiming it little by little, self-hosting it, learning more about it, just reducing your exposure mm-hmm. as much as possible, and then taking your life. I think of it as. I'm a visual person. I think of it as bubbles. Like mm-hmm. my whole life is in this digital data bubble that has all been inside of the system. It's all exposed. <laughs> yeah. And only in the last three years have I begun to use tools where I'm not adding to that bubble, where I'm actually creating this new private bubble, this new life digital footprint of my mm-hmm. life that's, that's private, that I control and that I know about. And then my my vision of what success looks like is to that old bubble that exists is to not add to it, leave it be, add to this new one that's private and secure and I have control over. Mm-hmm. And then all I do is continually add to the new one and the two will drift apart. Mm. And then you cu- you cut the tie. Okay, well that's kind of a visual. It's not it's not nearly that simple, but just, you know, steer the ship of your information, the information you're leaking into, into the direction to where you're controlling it. Mm. I think this is what a journey that a lot of people are going to be taking and just getting money. It's like getting, getting Bitcoin, getting money that can't be censored. Mm. And like that, that's such a huge start. Getting that paper, the the metaphorical paper. Yeah. I mean, you can put it, you can store it on paper. It's it's just information. So, (laughs) You know, that's a type of fuck you. Like, if you have $1,000 of Bitcoin sitting on a physical device, mm-hmm. no matter what happens, you can run away anywhere in the world and have a few days of, or maybe more, depending on where you go, just, like, have uncensorable money. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's a powerful idea. Or That's a power move for sure. Yeah, or if you have a, a phone that is dark, Mm-hmm. A, a, you know, a device that is not at all connected to your identity and you're able to connect to the internet and ask a question or search for information that you don't want attached to your identity. Mm-hmm. You know, like, are you, are you going to be able to do that? And these are just, these are the little bites I'm talking about. It's like, is taking these little things and the, the first easiest start is, can I send, could I contact, you know, someone my friend or my family member was something that's it's so sensitive. Like I couldn't, like no one could find out. It couldn't be attached to our identity. Mm-hmm. And could I message him? Well, well, signal you can't, you can now. And so that's one thing that you can, you can give back. Or even can I have my day to day conversations with my wife mm-hmm. where we're texting back and forth? And can I do that in a way to where, I don't know, there's not a database with our entire relationship on it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, and so these are these are the little bites to be taking. But that said, I know this is like maybe frustrating for a lot of people to hear because it's 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 still early. Like we don't well, have a lot gets, of tools. It yeah. gets wrapped up in 
politics too. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, like everything else in this fucking country, like it all just gets wrapped up in this passive aggressive, like everyone's too closed minded. The open minded people are so closed minded that like if you even try and suggest any type of conversation about wanting your data to be kept, you know, for yourself and not anyone else's gain or use that the automatic responses are usually just like, well, no one would want to read that or no one wants to like, or, or what do you have to hide? I don't have anything yeah, to hide. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even, point. yeah, it's not, it's, that's like missing the mark so fucking hard. And that's and, such and, a classic response. Well, like, and I guess I, I can't that's tell you how many also, times I've heard it. Yeah, no. And that's kind of what you, you're also talking about and kind of what we've been talking about of people's kind of becoming lazy or not wanting to step up and take that responsibility people become like i don't know yeah less responsible with the actual use that we've been given okay so let's go let's go way way back to this this is a framework i i've thought about before is when it comes to like our safety or our defense or our security in the physical world, like we have natural intuitions for this. Mm-hmm. Like we've evolved, we've evolved to be very safe, to be very careful, to be very secure. That's like why we survived cruel nature for, for all these thousands of years, you know, and, but that's in the physical world. So like if you're in a, a, a dark alley or even just, I don't know, walking on the street, if you hear like, footsteps pattering behind you very quickly without being able to help it your body like your whole nervous system will light up Mm -hmm. and your body will let you know like you should you should be anxious right now like your body will make you aware slender man is behind me (laughs) yeah like you've got (laughs) these defense and and that's actually like that's how a lot of those same natural intuitions we have Uh are played with in horror movies and yeah. like horror video yeah. games, like they something jumping out, like that's a classic, uh, like a quick movement. Mm-hmm. That's a classic type of thing that will activate these these natural defenses we have. Now we have absolutely no digital intuitions, <laughs> so we have no intuitions in the world of of digital security or the these networks that we are spending more of our lives on there's no intuitions there or they're they're very early like we're only just now developing them you mentioned something earlier i think when we weren't recording about like how even though our elders our parents Mm -hmm. i don't know like our wiser generation (laughs) yeah they're more wise, and you know people mock boomers and uh, like i respect wisdom yeah. I, I do see mm-hmm. that there is a thing, wisdom, and that it's like, you can see that like experience and just a sheer amount of experience can give people a type of wisdom and a type of clarity over the world, mm-hmm. and that that often comes with age. Not that it's always that way, but you can also see where wisdom is separated from like, I don't know, just intelligence or other types of awareness yeah. that maybe come more with youth. <laughs> you you have developed or a lot of us young people have been on Facebook and Twitter 
and all that shit for 10 years. Like we've actually developed an intuition for like certain intuitions for, for information accuracy, certain well, intuitions the natural, for the natural evolution and progression of trial and error. At least I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've, we've just had more time and we've, to, as, yeah. as younger people, we've gotten to like mold our brains around the environment, the digital environment. Yeah. And, and, and so we've gotten a little more tuned. for the generations, most of the well, generations, the generations and just us. the species. Yeah. Like us, us as a species. So like, you know, there's the intuitions you might develop in a lifetime. And then there's the intuitions that come encoded in you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for the boomers, they don't have either in the digital realm. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, very few. Yeah, very few. And then the Gen Zers or the I don't know the young people are going to be born like they're they're going to be the opposite. They're going to like have super mm-hmm. intuitions for the digital world. I don't know. I have no idea what that's going to look like. I wonder like. what it would look like for a generation in the like near future, thirty to forty, fifty years later, that are like reject it they they just like completely take the whole their whole generation back to 20 years 20 to 30 years of like time time right now you know like 90s 80s 70s like that'd be that sounds like a story (laughs) that sounds like a like a novel actually (laughs) it probably is i wonder if you'll be able to like vr time travel in the future or, or like fake like people just like probably make, yeah like america in the 1940s and you can yeah. go like to a milkshake shack <laughs> yeah. i don't know dude of what, course whatever they do yeah. <laughs> that'll probably be in museums honestly yeah i could see that VR. being yeah a vr museums. experience in a museum where it's like go back into any type time history like even with colorization with like black and white video of like things like World War Two, I feel like I'm going into a time machine when I watch. That's true. When they do like, like the colorized, yeah, of the, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, you're like, wow, this is so old, and really, it's only like sixty years yeah. or eighty years old or whatever. Yeah, but I mean, it is. It's just getting older, so it's insane yeah. that we can affect our perception of history now. Something that's like eighty years old. Yeah, and it's crazy how much. How much has changed and God, I mean, yeah, just like back to, you know, like those, the people living during that time, you know, they, all of, most of their intuitions they are born with will, were still serving them very well yeah. in, in their, in their life and their social life and stuff like that. And like, we're just getting less, we're getting to use those built in skills less and having to develop more different faster moving technology skills and and all of that and you know like this the cypher cyberpunk as a narrative as a narrative structure which you know we were talking about like the cyberpunk 1990s documentary you you can look it up on youtube like it goes over this really well it started as looking at society as it is looking at like how the world really is and then importing that into the future. So basically just taking the trajectory of where we are and not being overly optimistic, Mm -hmm. just taking it forward and being like, okay, like what are, what are the incentives? What are the power asymmetries at play here? And that's why the cyberpunk narratives and, and worlds, they have these, 
you know, like mega corporations, like super corporations and super government structures. And like, you know, it's a very like uh, strange mix of, of yeah, power asymmetries where there's super powerful multinationals. Mm -hmm. And then there's just like, you know, the, the mega slums with, with people that don't have access to the technology or don't have access to anything. Like I, I remember in cyberpunk, 2077 like the game like yeah. the yeah. uh there's some reference to like the the like hot like hospitalization or like all medical treatment is private and like you have different you have to like loan out your your organ or like you can like sell like there's some reference some note i read where like you know my mom had to like lease out her like a few of her organs uh -huh. for when after she's dead in order to get coverage for this much longer. So oh, like shit. you're literally being dr like just to get medical treatment, you're being drained of your very life. You're like you're selling your very time, your very yeah. like your time essence. on earth or whatever. Yeah, and like that's very that's like an extreme example of where we are. Yeah, just project. It's like projected forward, projected to its extreme. Yeah, because you know we give up our time and our our attention and our, you know working jobs and. 40 hours <laughs> yeah and and that's like kind of an equivalent we're kind of we're basically forced into doing it we're in this yeah money system that isn't controlled by us it's controlled by someone else and like what's your god-given right son <laughs> yeah and I, <laughs> you know and these early narratives were they were seeing they were seeing something important and this the cypherpunks they also the cypherpunks they were inspired by like 1984 like mm. the novel yeah or like uh, animal farm fahrenheit 451 like there's these dystopian stories that involved information control like that was the idea like fahrenheit have, 451 yeah like that that was the the burning of the books. books yeah and then there's the ministry of truth in 1984 you know, this idea that you've got a central entity that decides what's true. Mm -hmm. These, like the cypherpunks... Politics is based on looks and like how they present themselves more than their actual policies. Yeah, exactly. Like there's no truth. Like the people don't get a truth. They get like a a show version, like a yeah. a, a production version of... And they're just the, the plebs, basically. Yeah. And the cypherpunks saw this... And they saw, even before the internet existed, they mm -hmm. saw these stories and they saw the internet and they looked at history and looked at the way things were and they were like, we're in trouble. This ain't going to be good. <laughs> this isn't going to be good. Like information, like the, the centralization of information that the internet is going to allow is going to make the, the greatest powers of all time mm -hmm. because they realize that information is, is a type of advantage. It's a type of weapon. If you read Sun Tzu... If you read the art of war, you know, if you read these timeless texts or philosophies around battle or war or strategy, information is it's it's not just in the digital age, like information is a powerful tool mm -hmm. for oppression or for coercion. And these people saw that and they, you know, they wanted to build the internet that was where the individuals have an advantage, they have the power, uh, and and not these centralized entities. And that's how the internet started out. It started out with that ethos, and it started out kind of with that structure. And, you know, it's just, 
it's interesting. I feel like this this goes back to political shit, but like this is probably something a lot of Trump supporters are, or I feel like I've seen a lot of Trump supporters or QAnon or mm. whatever extreme group you want to talk about, like that they mentioned 1984 or like Ministry yeah. of Truth or the Thought Police, like y'all are the Thought Police. And like, I'm afraid this is how we should be thinking about it. Like that it's almost trite. People are almost tired of hearing it mm. and they're going to be hearing it a lot more. It's going to sound cliche, but like really like information is like that, that powerful of a thing. Well, it, and if we're giving it up, that's just, that's what it is. You're talking about 1984. Yeah. It like just it. proves that the theory, kind of what I was saying at the beginning, at the top of the episode, it kind of just proves that no matter what you believe in or whatever faction or whatever tribe that you decide to go with, this this topic we're talking about, the information of just us as a society could be a unifying thing. Like, the you know, it being private or it being for pub or not like for these corporations use like yeah it's unfortunate that a lot of this language and a lot of the conversation being used right now like in defense of having privacy is leaning toward like these extremist groups are emerging and being like mm -hmm. hey this is like we need this we need this private like whatever like but it's also also it's them steering the narrative. That's what they want the narrative to be. It's yeah. not just that it's those people, but those people will be the only ones to get to get news coverage. Mm -hmm. And the peoples who are tr truly just seeking freedom and safety, they will always be ignored. Yeah, uh, you know. And those are the people. That's the majority. Mm -hmm. Or just you know the the law abiding citizens that are just trying to you know, own and protect their own data. Well, then at that point, do you think those people who just want freedom and aren't backed by a narrative, do you think that it's almost like their duty to not take out the extremists, but like at what point do you start censoring or not even censoring, but trying to purge, you know, those people out? At what point is that acceptable? Do you think like should, should extremist groups, even be allowed to use platforms that promote, you know, freedom. Like does everyone actually deserve the freedom that is placed in front of them if they're here in this country or whatever to like have freedom of, I guess that's like an ancient thought or question, <laughs> a philosophical, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a p picking your own evil yeah. type of question. And me, I think that um, it is a philosophical question, and I don't necessarily believe in absolutes. I think there's subtleties, and it should all be explored, and we should be talking about this just because it's hard, but yeah. I err on the side of freedom. I think mm -hmm. you give everyone freedom because as soon as you have a controller, mm -hmm. a censor, you have an oppressor, and as soon as they become extreme, which is almost inevitable because absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then, I'm not suggesting that there should be a key holder. I'm just saying that should it uh -huh. then be the people who just want universal freedom for well, every person, no matter what type see, of person that, you that are. See, that stuff come. You're talking about like I use the word purge. Like that's not a top down. 
That's not a gr- like. Well, it's one I, thing to say, should a group have the power to to then pick out who can and can't be on a network, and then it's another thing to say, can the network itself control itself? Like, can the network itself mm-hmm. just can the chaos and and nature of the system that is like an open network, like the internet or like other open networks, like it can clean itself. If it's a well-designed mm-hmm. network, it can, it can cleanse itself. Like if there's, if it's meant to be an information network, like the internet, you know, what does that mean for an information network, like the internet to be corrupted? Mm. Well, I think it's for the information to be nozzled and controlled by a few entities and mm-hmm. to not be opened up. Or, or for everyone to only be receiving some of the information, not the other information, mm. which that's where extremism would be a problem. But I don't. Th- but right now we don't have that. I think if you opened everything up, it's not like everyone would organize into a huge Trump nation of assholes who wanted to <laughs> like <laughs> overthrow everything. I don't think that would happen. I think that people would just like fuck off and and actually just take care of their own concerns mm-hmm. and mostly have the same ideas and want the same things that we've always wanted, which is safety and community and, you know, protect ourselves, protect our family, mm-hmm. all those things, and to have freedom and to be able to, you know, all, that comes with the, all of those things, to not be oppressed. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, you know, I, I want to have discussions about these things. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm not totally convinced I'm right. I just I, I think about this a lot, so I'm, I'm mm-hmm. obviously I'm super opinionated. The more I think about it, like I said, the more I want to exit. The more I don't want to exist on the internet world, personally, and that's kind of why my I've been way interested in a more just I don't know, real, not real, but just a uh, pathway that doesn't include an internet like path. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. I'm, well, I'm having word vomit again. Kind of like just relying on it less. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, trying, trying to rely on it less, which, and, and then also at the same time, if you're using like using it more and more, uh, responsibly or using it more and more where you're controlling mm-hmm. how you're using it. Well, I guess I also just mean more, like not even technology, but just the social technology. Yeah. The software, the social, the quote unquote social media, I guess is what I'll say. Because it seems like the more that I, and it might just be a personal thing, the more I use things that are supposed to make your social life better, my social life gets worse. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird. Like that could just be a me thing. It probably, it, it's, you know, a, percent, a percentage of it is a me thing. But I think a lot of people struggle with that too. Yeah. And you know, like, I'm so just, that's what makes it weird for me is I noticed that a lot of people get affected by it. Yeah. I'm, I don't know why I keep going back to this topic, but no, I mean, just, I, how I, and not that I think everyone should live like this, but how I want to live, like looking around at how things are and kind of what I've examined in myself, which is similar to what you're saying about how social media uh, makes me feel and changes my social relationships and what I really want out of life. Like the lifestyle I'm making for myself is more of like 
yeah, like little expo- like the exposure I have to technology, mm-hmm. I want to have like a lot of responsibility over it, like a lot of control and understanding and also intentionality with yeah. why I'm using it. Like I'm very intentionally using it to get me something, to get me a tool, to use a tool to have some kind of leverage in the world. And then, so when I do have exposure to the digital world, yeah, having the control and then having as little exposure as possible, spending more time reading books, spending more time walking in nature, spending more time like having real connections with people mm-hmm. and less social connections. You know, I'm more apt nowadays to just like hit people up like, hey, you want to get a drink tonight? Mm-hmm. And, and less of just, I don't know, like you want to play video games or like, you know, let's text conversation or FaceTime or anything like that. Like that's, yeah, I just want to stick to a lot of old and timeless things. You know, I'm imagining, my, I'm, just, I'm just imagining myself like chopping wood, my shirt <laughs> off, you know, like I, I'm doing that, but also I'm hacking, right? <laughs> but no, only a little bit. <laughs> like only like a f- like two or three hours a day I'm hacking and then the rest of the day I'm just like chopping wood and like yeah. riding a horse getting in a boat getting in a boat mowing the yard yeah you know and just like clean the gutters yeah you know maybe I have like a dirt bike I don't know <laughs> <laughs> and I'm play- playing music okay a you know, being, being real yeah oh yeah a boomerang these these are all things I want Okay, yeah, have same. you seen the jet? Have you seen the the jetpacks, various jetpacks that people? The ones that work with water. Or no, they? Like I have actually... seen those. No, they well, I have seen those. Those are a thing. Where they just shoot for one of those water out? Isn't it? Is it air or water that they, I I don't even remember? It's water. It's water. Yeah. So it's like a Mario Sunshine situation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the but they Tight. have like I've seen them now. There's one. Where like let's see, a guy's wearing a a suit and there's a pack and also his arm, his hands are in like oh like an Iron Man situation, an Iron but Man like type a more bulky Iron. Man. It's a little I've more bulky. I've seen some UFO footage where people are like an unidentified flying man, and it's like literally it looks <laughs> like a person in a jetpack. It really? was in like Mexico or something, yeah. I might have literally been a dude in jetpack. Well, there's there's those jetpacks. There's ones that are like backpacks with like the bars that stick out, mm-hmm. like with with like more like it's more of a structure, more controlled. Yeah. And yeah, and then I I saw a, hu- a fucking hover bike. Dang. I don't I mean I didn't see it. I saw it on the on the internet. It's yeah. like smaller propellers, like maybe like that big, like four of them around a bike. Mm. And uh, what did it get like this far off the ground? No, they like, like took it up. Oh, that really? shit was like, like he took off, like Treasure Planet status. <laughs> not, not quiet, not quiet, <laughs> dude. Treasure Planet was that. Sick. That was the shit, man. Oh, I, I actually watched that recently. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, <Damn>. Disney Plus. <laughs> That's cool. I think. No, wait, is it? I can't remember if it's a Disney. Movie. I watched it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, I'm trying. I don't know why I start talking about that stuff, but you know, I'm trying to get a jetpack one day. Uh, yeah, like that's something. That's I a, would love a jetpack. It's a self-sovereign individual technology in 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 meat space. I would. Re- it's like you- instead of the plane and having the 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 you know the flight 
company, yeah. organization oppressing you, you can take <laughs> the control of your own flight. <laughs> You and know, hover to work. <laughs> yeah, that's like an equivalent. That would, of, I would like love actually about. to ride a jetpack to my work. Like <laughs> way more. You just you. like roll up to Taco Bell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if that's where you work with a jetpack. Yeah, that might be that. that or might going be the move food deliveries with yeah. a jetpack. Dude, I would. I would hover down. over the people that I would call them. Be like, yeah, oh, I'd have Bluetooth for one because you know you got to be safe and have control. And I would fly to wherever I'm, you know, going to deliver and call them on the Bluetooth and be like, okay, your food's here. And then they walk outside, drop that shit. 10 feet above, just like, have a nice day. Fly off. Dude. That that reminds me, like, one of the... I guess that's what drones are for, but... Yeah. That's, that's how we take be. back the drone infiltration. We make jetpacks, and then we I don't know. Maybe the dudes with jetpacks flesh will be drone, better. flesh drones. <laughs> That's what <laughs> we'll be coming. called. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, but so this book called Snow Crash, which is written by Neil St- Neil Stevenson, Neil, I think Neil Stevens. Anyway, it's one of the the big cyberpunk kind of foundational books. Mm. The main character in that book, like part of the world, is that everyone everyone basically lives their lives in their hold up in their houses mm-hmm. and they never go out. They're never driving around and they live their lives in this like digital world mm. basically. And the only people that are out on the road and like out in the streets are delivery drivers. And then these like, these like skater punks who have like hoverboards and like are just like goons like wandering mm-hmm. the city like that type of deal yeah and the main character is like a pizza delivery driver um <laughs> who is like suited in like a crazy batmobile type car mm-hmm. and there's almost no one on the road except for these like you know hoverboarding punks that will like grab onto his car and all of that but anyway like yeah that was like a real idea in the 90s that like only the delivery drivers will go out everyone else will stay inside mm-hmm. and like you know, just stay in their virtual worlds. And it's funny because that's like, this book was written in 91 or something. Wow. Yeah. And that's almost where we were. <laughs> you could and argue like, that's kind of, yeah, where we're going. <laughs> yeah, like. Definitely. Um, and it's crazy. Like, I've I've told this to, you know, I think this could just be the, su- the summary of this episode. We're living in a sci-fi novel. Like, we're getting there, yeah, but it's not. It's not as flat. It's not as flashy and cool looking as we it's, thought it it's would not, be. It's not, but like it the, never will be. I don't think either. The structures the are in place. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. The it, human mind, though, is just so creative that it's going to make it look way more pretty than it ever will be. Jetsons, even Cyberpunk, yeah, twenty seventy seven. Like, I mean, but Akira, even that stuff. That which stuff is the Cyberpunk right. documentaries just made me want to watch Akira because oh, they yeah. have so many scenes <laughs> in in that documentary from that movie from Akira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna watch that tonight, honestly. Dude, that's a sick one. Like the aesthetics are cool, dude. And yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm trying to a classic. You know, like we live, we live there. We might as well look that cool, and it doesn't. Yeah, that's what I'm more pissed about. We don't have cool leather jackets but it's right around it's it's right around the corner oh you know the the jacket from uh uh back to the future 2 where it like auto fits yeah, to them yeah. and it like dries just dries like the shoes off. too the shoes would like auto fit yeah on. 
the Nike, the Nikes, or Nikes made of like a version that actually fucking, does that. Fucking bionic, bionicle lug <laughs> on your <Bionicle>. foot. Bionicle. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like I, I, see, like that's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to live in that future. But the thing is, if we have that kind of like technology, but people aren't in control of their information, control of their money, control mm. of their you know, if there's a big digital world and it's very valuable and very important for everyone and everyone doesn't have an equal stake, equal, equal control, mm. it's just like having a society where you have feudal lords and peasants. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's just the insight and they what don't I... don't even realize it. Yeah. And, and that's just what I say when I... Or, or what I mean when I say that we're living in a sci-fi novel is like, we got to realize that's the... That's where it's where it's where it could go if we don't start taking action now to have a more privatized uh internet essentially right yeah more uh, more like in, individual I mean. individuals have more privacy yeah. on their internet existence if we don't if we don't start fighting for that in whatever way that it comes about you know we could be threatened with a bad side of history <laughs> yeah involving technology and the internet society uh diversion everything anything. dude china yeah. like i mean like what china's doing we're right gonna now. get so monetized is, is that how you use the term wait what we're gonna get so just like oh monet oh monetized <laughs> I, yeah i guess i guess that's kind of a term like milked yeah or no, no, we're going to be the opposite of whatever uh, people want for their big uh, tech. The things we're talking about are not going to be uh, oh, you th- up what? front. Yeah, we're getting <laughs> demonetized. Demonetized. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, yeah, we're not going to be monetized yeah, at all ever. Very, this type very of, likely. Yeah, but we're not shooting for that. <laughs> we're not. We're, we're shooting for the opposite. Are we, though? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Is there is there a point to do it if we're not going to be monetized? Is that is that where for its own sake? Our questions are yeah, I guess yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's why I, I do most of what I do. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, uh I think that's going away though. At least it feels like it. It feels like everything that people do nowadays is there's got to be some type of productivity or next level to it that will like get them to where they want to be but it's almost like if that happens it's like a dog chasing a a car like you wouldn't know what to do with it when you got it the off (laughs) chance that you actually finally get it you you latch on to it yeah like i mean i i think there's i think there's plenty of that just why you know just live live life no expectations chop wood with your shirt off Mm-hmm. Take control of your of your information, mm-hmm. your mind. What? Ride a horse. Ride a hover bike. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I was, what we were even talking about. But uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of alarmist stuff, mm-hmm. basically. You know, I don't want to be neg. I don't want to feel like we're talking about negative stuff. Yeah, yeah. every episode, but. Like the, I think these are interesting and important things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm I'm an optimist. Like I think 
I think the moves are happening. I think the moves yeah. are being made, you know? And like you, like right now we can, we're not just talking, mm-hmm. like you, we can do stuff. Like you can, you can get signal, you can buy Bitcoin, uh, you know, you can do plenty of other things. Check out my, my app, fbexplore.app. You can get all your Facebook information back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Uh, it's cool. I've right used there. it. But yeah, and that's what, that's a lot of what I'm, uh, into what I'm spending my time on mm-hmm. and but the show must must keep going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> you want to wrap it up? <laughs> I guess. Uh yeah. I don't know. Is there is there a, a positive note or something that we can end on? I'm trying to think. Uh watch Akira. Yeah, honestly, watch Akira. It's not very um, positive, but it's badass. Yeah, it's it the visuals will be pleasing yeah if you like bright colors and sci-fi yeah but yeah it is a pretty negative movie (laughs) yeah most sci-fi honestly like there is there hasn't been optimistic sci-fi well i mean yeah like star trek is kind of i guess that vision like that's the world i want to live in i want to live in the star like i'm not someone who's a pessimist like i want to live in the world where where the world like abun- or scarcity is is ended and everyone eats on earth and then we can just send out ships to go explore. Yeah. And yeah, I mean that'd be ideal. You know, that's where we're yeah. all trying to get, but what's the right way to get there? That's that's what we all that's what everyone's arguing about. Yeah. And is it even has is the human is like the human brain just so creative though that we've created this unrealistic palette? of like what we think is possible and because Maybe. of because of media we're like on this high of like no it's got to be like this way cuz like but what if it's the other way what if we're actually undershooting like what's more be. likely are we overshooting or undershooting mm-hmm. or is it in the middle well like you don't really know i mean is is even is it even possible to get people outside of our solar system you know yeah. like we don't even know that yet let alone is it possible to build a Dyson sphere or to mm-hmm. travel through a wormhole. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not even the ceiling, which that's where we need to talk about aliens in the galactic mm. fed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we got, we got to join the galactic fed, dude. It would be pretty sick. When I think of galactic fed, I think of Lilo and stitch. <laughs> <laughs>